Um, I wonder if any of you have know this uh, Christian poem, at Footprints. It was very, very popular, um, probably, I don't know, probably a very long time ago, probably about two decades ago. It's basically a poem that talks about uh, two sets of footprints in the sand, and when times are hard, this person only sees one set of footprints. And uh, the final sign, kind of um, line of the poem is, um, you know, they say, where were you when times were hard? And he said... Um, when you saw only one set of footprints, it was then that I carried you. So this idea that God carries us when times are hard. It's a, it was very, very popular. I'm sure most of you will know it. Well, I saw an addition to this, uh, which I think definitely sums up some of my life as a Christian so far. My child, I never left you. Those places, one set of footprints, is, was, it was then that I carried you. That long groove over there is when I dragged you for a while. Well, we are all going to make a new footprint today. We are all going to change today. We are all going to take a step in our discipleship. Some of us have spent lots of time being carried, or in some cases dragged by the Lord. But today we are all going to play a small part in bringing in God's kingdom into our lives and the lives of others. So let's pray. Father God, we come here to be changed by you, and we just ask, Holy Spirit, that you would just come now, that you would take my poor preparation and just that you would speak through me, and that your your will would be done here today. And I just pray, Father God, that we would all be changed by coming here today, that we wouldn't leave the same women that we were when we came in. Amen. So we are continuing through 1 Peter. Um, So if you have got a Bible, um, it's uh, 1 Peter 4. They're um, over there or over there, or you can just listen. Um, There's one word I don't know how to pronounce, so if you're not following, that would be great. Uh, So 1 Peter 4, starting at verse 1. Sorry, excuse me. Therefore, since Christ suffered in his body, arm yourselves also with the same attitude, because whoever suffers in the body is done with sin. As a result, they do not live the rest of their earthly lives for evil human desires, but rather for the will of God. For you have spent enough time in the past doing what pagans choose to do, living in debauchery, lust, drunkenness, orgies, carousing, caressing, caressing, and detestable idolatry. They are surprised that you do not join them in their reckless, wild living, and they heap abuse on you. But they will have to give account to him who is ready to judge the living and the dead. For this is the reason the gospel was preached, even to those who are now dead, so that they might be judged according to human standards in regard to the body, but live according to God in regard to the spirit. The end of all things is near. Therefore, Be alert and of sober mind, so that you may pray. Above all, love each other deeply, because love covers over a multitude of sins. Offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. If anyone speaks, they should do so as one who speaks the very words of God. If anyone serves, they should do so with the strength God provides, so that in all things God may be praised through Jesus Christ. To him be the glory and the power forever and ever. Amen. 
please keep that open if you uh, would. So we're going to particularly going to be focusing today on verses 7 to 11. And in order to engage with what the passage is saying, we have to read everything through the lens of verse 7, which says, the end of all things is near. This is the reason Peter is saying what he is saying. He is referring to the fact that Jesus is coming back. The Bible makes it quite clear that Jesus died on the cross, rose back to life, and then went to heaven. It is also clear on the fact that Jesus will come back to judge the earth. Jesus is coming back to put right the wrong in the world and remove the sadness and tears from the lives of those that trust in the fact he died for us on the cross. Revelation 21 verse 4 says, when Jesus comes back, that God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes, and there shall be no more death, neither sorrow nor crying, neither shall there be any more pain, for the former things are passed away. No one knows when that time will be, but the Bible is clear it will happen. The parables Jesus teaches warns us that no one knows the day or hour, so we should be ready and alert. It's easy to forget that we are living with a definite end time. It's not something that shapes my day-to-day -day life, if I'm being totally honest. I can point to a few specific times when my heart has burned with the fact that Jesus will return and that we all need Jesus to be saved. For me, it's normally been at a big conference where you feel like you are already in another place. The air seems a bit thinner. The words in the worship have never felt so true. You weep for those who don't know Jesus. You want to live every second you have left living out your call. And you think that you won't change. This feeling will stay with you forever. Then if you're like me, you go to bed and you wake up the next day and things are back to normal the flame has dulled to a faint glow. We need to live as if the end of all things is near, as it says in verse 7. And I suppose for all of us, there are two possible implications. Firstly, do we trust in Jesus and have we put him first? If we haven't, then please do not leave here today before finding out more of what that means. Talk to your small group, your small group leaders or anyone with a lanyard. And if we are saved by Jesus and we are trusting in Jesus, we should live like we have been saved. And that's really what the first six verses of the passage are talking about. Verse 5 is clear that we have a choice to follow God or not. Um, and we will all have to give, it says in, sorry, in verse 5, have to give account to him who is ready to judge the living and the dead. And those of us who are trusting in Jesus should, as it says in verse 2, not live the rest of our earthly life for evil human desires, but rather for the will of God. My prayer for us today is not that we would be so whipped up with the reality of Jesus returning that we fall hard if our flame dulls, but that we all take a step into bringing in God's kingdom today. We must be motivated by the fact that the end of all things is near and let that change us. I wear contact lenses and the ritual of putting them in my eyes every morning gives me clearer vision. We need to allow that tr the, the truth that Jesus is coming back to change us daily and see life differently. It's hard, as if some of us are being honest, we are not really sure we want Jesus to come back, or certainly not yet. Um, our lives are very comfortable. We have good relationships, the sun is shining, and it's hard to imagine there is something better than this. But there is, 
And we need to remember that there is this promise of a world with no more sickness or death or sin or tears. We need to turn to the Bible and soak in the truth and fullness of life that is offered when Jesus returns. As I said at the start, we're all going to take a step into bringing in God's kingdom today. We're all going to take a step into our apprenticeship with Jesus by doing one thing that will move the the fact that Jesus is coming back again slightly more onto our agenda. And we will do that by looking at what we are told to do in the passage and doing one of them. So we're going to start in verse 7. So it says in verse 7, Therefore be alert and of sober mind that you may pray. So some of us today are being called to step into our minds. Some of us just need to wake up, wake up to see what is going on. We watch the news, flick through the paper, scroll through our phones with little information being retained. What if our minds were so alert that we were looking to see how we could pray? We stalked around like hunting lions, ready to pounce in prayer when we see the need. The world has understood the need to wake our brains back up. The world calls it mindfulness. Think of mindfulness practice as brain exercise, not unlike Sudoku or a crossword puzzle, that activates neural stimulation in certain parts of the brain, and in doing so creates neural pathways and connections. Research shows that mindfulness stimulates parts of the brain that help people to feel less anxious and turns off the parts that make people feel more anxious. It can, be, it can help us regulate our fight or flight response and regain control of our bodies. Sounds good, doesn't it? As Christians, we can use mindfulness to draw ourselves deeper into Jesus. It's not dissimilar to meditation. So if you think this could be the thing that God is calling you to step into today, when we move into a time of response in a few minutes, I want you to uh, maybe set an alarm or a reminder um, on your phone daily to think about Jesus and turn your mind to him through maybe just a favourite verse or a promise from the Bible, or you could just simply have the words on your phone, God loves me. That would certainly turn your mind. So secondly, um, it says in verse 8, above all other, uh, sorry, above all, love each other deeply because love covers over a multitude of sins. Are we being called today to step out in loving others? Some of us need to exercise in love. If we are feeling irritable, intolerant, precious, then maybe we need to relentlessly pursue an option to love. Love where we don't love at the moment. Some of us need to step out in love to those who are in need or without hope or living with illness or poverty. Some of us just need to step out to love someone we would really rather not spend time with or we really wish wasn't in our life. There are plenty of opportunities to support charities that work alongside those who are in need of God's love. And it might be that the step out you take today is to step out in giving or committing to pray. But please do not sidestep an opportunity to love and be love and bring God's love somewhere where it is needed. This came up on my news feed if you want to do something practical uh, when you leave here today. I was just posted from Helping Hands. It just says, Today one of the nurses who works for us dressed some burns on one of our homeless friend's arms. He had fallen asleep in the sun and his arms had started to blister with sunburn. He was also in desperate need of more fluids. Please, please, hand out or donate water and sunscreen if you'd like to help our local homeless friends. It's so hot out there. Thank you. So maybe this could be the thing that God's calling you to step out in doing as you leave here today. Um, thirdly, 
um, it says in verse 9, offer hospitality to one, to one another without grumbling. So maybe we're being called to step up to hospitality. Whether we love our homes or not, we have more than a good number of people in the world. It is easy when we live somewhere as nice as Leamington to compare our homes and count ourselves out. But God has given us a home and we can use that to bless others. Now, as a church, we are rather good at doing nice things together. We can throw good parties, and it's great to have church friends over. But I think we need to put those contact lenses back on and remember that the end of all things is near. Who can we show hospitality to who doesn't know about Jesus' love for them? I'm not suggesting we invite them over and read Revelation to them, but can we invite someone into our home and share that part of our life with them, which might just make the next conversation and the next invitation that much easier before it's perfectly natural for us to be talking about Jesus. We're all at different stages, and it may be that sometimes it's not about inviting people physically into our homes, but but about inviting people into our time, showing them they are important by the fact we prioritise them for meeting for coffee, maybe. If this is something you feel prompted about, then when we move into response time, I would encourage you to make contact with the person God has put into your mind as I've been speaking and invite them to meet up. And finally, in verse 10, each, it says, each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. Some of, us, some of us are being called to step forward in service. We've all been given gifts to use in this church, and if we are not using them, then the church suffers. I know for some of us, it may not be as easy for others. If you love being with small children, then the opportunities to serve are plenty and easy to seek out, like helping with hoppers and bouncers. And I didn't know that they were going to make the announcement about Pauline this morning, but maybe the Lord is calling someone there. But what about those of us who love to organise things, that's not me, and get excited about a neat spreadsheet? What about your creative hobby gifts? What if our hearts break for people but we cannot access them due to geography? How do we serve with the gifts we have? Some Some of us don't think we have anything to offer. Well, that's just not true. That's a lie. Some of us don't know how to use our skills. Then we need to keep asking God and ask those we trust. Some of us don't know what our skills are. Well, ask your small group to tell you what gifts they see in you and ask God how he made you, how he designed you. Some of us are hiding behind our circumstances. There are many valid reasons why we might not serve as actively as we have done or would like to, but we, we can all still serve and use our gifts even if the packaging looks different to how it once did. There will always be reasons not to serve. We have babies or toddlers or teenagers or elderly parents or bad health or demanding job or all of the above. And there should be no condemnation for everything there is a season. The Bible is clear on that. But which gifts are we allowing to dry up and waste away that could be exercised, even if in a small way, to build God's kingdom? So if this is speaking to you, then in the response time, make the first or final step to stepping forward to serve. Um, Some of you know what it is you are being called to do, but haven't had the feeling that the time was right. But for some of you, I really believe the time is right today. 
So we are there. We are ready to take our steps. And remember, we are motivated by the fact that the end of all things is near. And as it says in verse 11, um, we do this so that in all things God may be praised through Jesus Christ. So how are we going to do this? Well, firstly, we will pray that you know which step you are being called to take today. Um, so maybe you're being called to step into your mind. Are you going to commit to intentionally turning your thoughts to God once a day? If you have a mobile phone, um, even an old mobile phone, you can set um, alarms and reminders, um, with, as I said, with a text or a verse or a promise. If you'd like someone to give you a verse or a promise, you're not sure which one to go for, then you could come forward when we have our response time and be prayed for, and, um, and I'm sure people will have promises for you from the Lord. Are we being called to um, step out in loving others? Are you going to manoeuvre yourself into a place where you can encounter those that need to be loved? What practical step can you do today to make that happen? What can you actually do that's going to move you forward? Are we being called to step up in hospitality? Do you know you are being called to invite people around and invest time into them? Well, you have permission to use your phone during the response time. You can text that person or WhatsApp or whatever it is you do or email them or you can go out and ring them or there might even be a payphone in the street, I don't know. Um, but make contact with them in the response time because there's something about doing it and not saying, I'll do it when I get home that means that, you're, you, that you will actually, it will start. And some of us are being called to step forward in serving. Are you being called to step up in serving in some way? Do you need to email someone to start that conversation? Could you do that now in the response time? Is there, do you know what it is? You just need that, this encouragement that God's giving us today. How you mark your step uh, might look different, but I would urge you all that the physical movement out of your seat will be the first step of faith into the path you are walking down today. You can use the space in the church um, and pray silently. You can ask one of your small group, one of your friends to pray with you if there's something that you would like um, revelation on or just any sort of encouragement on. Um, and if you want to come forward, I'll be here and there'll be other people around that and we can pray for you or we can just pray blessing and encouragement on you if you don't want to tell us what, what's going on. So... And the key, and I think the key thing is as well, when, we, when we've had this response time, um, so Jess is going to come and uh, play music over us, um, when we go into our small groups, please make yourself accountable to your small group. Tell them what you have done or what you're planning to do. And small groups, let's support each other in making it happen. Let's check up with each other. Let's give each other permission to ask each other how it's going. Um, and check with each other that we have gone through with what we said we would. Speaking it out to a small group means it will probably happen if it hasn't already. And we must remember that the end of all things is near. And trust that God wants to use us to build his kingdom in and through us. God wants to use each of us to build his kingdom in and through us. So let's stand and pray. Um, I think Jess is going to come back. I can't actually see it. Oh, she's there. <laughs> Brilliant. Uh, would you like to stand if you can? Um, and I'll just pray for us. And then we're going to have a few minutes while Jess just sings over us. Um, I do believe that God has a step for each of us today. So I would urge you not to leave here before you know what step is and before you commit to it. So let's pray.
Just come, Holy Spirit. Just come now and just rest upon these women whose hearts are hungry for you, who want to be changed, who want to leave here differently, who want to take a step. Would you just take away um, the fear that might be associated with, with speaking out and stepping up? And I pray now, Holy Spirit, that you would just put that call on every woman in this place today. I thank you, Lord God, that a journey begins with a single step. And that's all you're asking of us today, Lord, is just to make a small step. Thank you, Lord God, that you are faithful. That you meet us when we step out. That story of stepping out of the boat and just being met. You never let us slip. And we thank you for that. So I just pray for you, the, your Holy Spirit to come now. Holy Spirit, would you give us confidence in the things that you've said to us as well? I pray, Holy Spirit, that we would just know your voice. We would know that it's you that is calling us. We wouldn't allow the doubts of the evil one to come and take away what you have put in us today. And I just pray now, Lord, that this time would be for you. So just come, Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit.